Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Gun Street Wiring Shop. Uh, they're a real small company who focuses on quality and community. They are like a small company. I forget how many guys are there, but it's like a pretty. pretty I haven't tight had a deal. chance to count. Um, but uh, basically, what they do is they provide like uh, electrical wiring for guitars. So if you're looking for something, whether it's like some modern like splitting options or just going back to some like some old school 50 style uh, electrical setups, uh, gunstreetwiringshop.com is the place to go. Yeah, I'm considering uh, picking up one of their SG harnesses right now. Uh, when I rewired my SG back in the day, I put the wrong pots in it and I just hate the way the sweep is on it. It's got that big, like, like, what is it called? Like, uh, when it's got the big, like curve to it, where like, it's real loud and then real quiet really quickly. There's no sweep on it. I know linear is audio. They have an audio it's curve audio. on them. I really want like a nice linear taper or mm. whatever it takes to fix that issue with right. my SG. So I might hit them up soon. Uh, pick out a wiring harness from my SG and swap it in because I gotta say, uh, the reason I hasn't haven't fixed it is because I hate working on the SG wiring harness. It's just such a pain in the butt. Like I feel like even like complicated wiring uh, harnesses like Strats are easier for me than the SG. There's just I think it's just that extra pot. There's four pots in there. There's a switch I'm not used to, and it's just like in a cramped little space, and I never have fun doing it. So, looking at their site. Uh, their SG wiring harnesses start below fifty dollars, forty seven ninety five for one of them. So I would totally pay someone fifty dollars to never have to wire my SG again. Uh, yeah, go check them out. Uh, GunStreetGuitarEmporium.com. Yeah, uh, this episode is also brought to you by Sinusoid. Uh, this week we're talking about Tech Flex. Tech Flex. Tech Flex makes it feel like you got a snake behind you. That's what they tell me anyway on the street. Cool song, Steve. Yeah, uh, TechFlex is basically like what? It's a thin plastic polymer sheath that yeah. wraps around your cable. It's like a plastic net around your cable. It makes it slide around. It doesn't bind up on anything. I just love my TechFlex. Like, I love the sound of like uncoiling my cable and hearing it all drop on the floor and slide all over the place. <laughs> There's something very like, like tactile and satisfying about yeah. it. it i think uh one of the cool things with TechFlex is it also gives you some really cool um color options yep because it's like semi-transparent uh well, so, like i said it's like a net so yeah, you can kind of so, see the cable through it yeah so uh basically like you know like a orange cable underneath white tech flex is going to look completely different than like a green cable underneath white tech flex you just said four different colors <laughs> <laughs> the way he phrased that was really weird. Orange cable, white tech flex, green cable, white tech. Oh, okay, tech white. Te okay, so yeah. you're gonna. It's gonna be like white, but there's gonna be like different yeah, yeah. undertones. Well, the white is gonna make everything look a little lighter, like make it look creamier. Like you put it over red, it's gonna make it look pink. Uh, you know, they've got rainbow tech flex, and you can choose different colors underneath that. Like black look underneath the rainbow looks different from white under the rainbow. Mm -hmm. If you want to have emphasis on like the one color, you could put red under there and it'd be a more reddish rainbow. I mean, there's all kinds of options. You can come up with like your own custom like look. That's a cool thing. Anytime you can get a custom look going for your own rig, it's a it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. So head on over to sinusoid.com, check out all their cable and tech flex options today i guess yeah or tomorrow do, no but, don't but, do it tomorrow do it today today pause this podcast go do it right now you don't really have to pause it you can do both at the same time
Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle... 60 Sucky Hum. You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. There it is. Yeah. You did it, Steve. I'm proud of you. Uh, you got anything new? Yeah, uh, I traded uh, my Godan radiator. I uh, had it for a while. Uh-huh. Never really like bonded with it. Now that I don't have it, I kind of partially feel like I need another one. <laughs> <laughs> Shut uh, up. You you talked about getting one of those for years. Like pre podcast, you were like, I got to get a radiator someday. I've just been l- looking at these radiators. Back when you were not even playing guitar, you were like like full-time basses. Yeah. They they look super cool. And the one that I had was actually like uh was blue with the uh, white pit guard, um moto pit guard, I think. Oh yeah, they all have the moto. And no, uh man. no uh I think they all have that yeah, like yeah, pretty yeah. drastic moto. Yeah, but some of them were white, some of them were black, and, and eventually Godan just only made those with a black finish in like a onyx, what they call onyx, uh, pit guard. Uh huh. Um, so mine was like a little harder to find, and the guy I had it up on Facebook Marketplace. He hit me up, and he was like, "Dude, that thing's just beautiful. Like, this is what I got to trade. If you're down." So uh, what I traded it for, and guys in the Facebook group uh, already saw it. Actually, did you post a picture on Instagram? I did. Yeah, so everyone's seen it now. Not of the full body, just as some of the details. Right, so uh, it, it's a um, Fender uh, 70s reissue. So it's the fat head suck, but yeah. I don't know what year it was made because I actually never looked. I kept, <laughs> I kept meaning to look. Well, but. it's MIM, so I'm assuming yeah, you know, like late 90s, early 2000s. Well, they still make them like currently. Oh, well, maybe it's newer um, than So that. I don't know how old it is. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the 70s, either the classic 70s or the 70s reissue. They kind of went under different names, but they were all the same thing. It feels nice, man. Um, it's kind of got some quirks. Yeah, uh, the pick guard was the white pick guard was swapped out for perloid. Uh, there's no back plate on it. There's a black ba- a back plate that came with a case, or a back plate that came with a guitar, but it's not attached to right, the guitar. Right, right. I um, always take off the back plate no matter what. Yeah. Uh, so the I don't know if I should tell the full story of how i got it i feel like it's long and kind of no, crazy you should paraphrase like uh, a, a few weeks ago you did a really good like hot take on something where it was really fast so yeah see if so, you can do that again so basically uh it was uh ships passing in the night for like three days like we just couldn't work stuff out and finally so the uh the day before i actually picked it up the guy's like oh i got this i got a hard case what kind of case do you have and i'm like i just have a gig bag he's like he's like oh well i'll sell you the case for like 80 bucks and i was like nah and then we just missed again. Like we couldn't meet up and it was all on his end. Like I was always ready and he just wasn't, he just bailed. Like he just flaked. So finally on the last day, he's like, I'm ready right now. Like I'm at my house. I already called the guard house because he lived in this like gated community where you had to call the guard house to have visitors come over. And he's like, if you're down to like come back to me, cause I'd already driven out there once and just missed them. So like, if you drive out here again, I'll just give you the case. So I get the get out there. I meet the guy. He's like super happy with the Godan. I'm like, cool. I pull out the strat and it's got scallop fretboard. Oh man. Which was like the joke in the Facebook group was like, oh, all you need on that thing is a scallop fretboard, and then you can play all the Ingve riffs. Because like the 70s strat <laughs> that wasn't is, in the ad? Well, it wasn't an ad. Like I it was oh, my ad and he, he just, just offered, offered it. But he didn't like say anything about it. Um so either way, like I to think, be honest, it's a pretty subtle scallop on there. Yeah, I mean, it, it fully does the job of a scalloped fretboard, but it's like 
if I walked past it in a guitar store, there's maybe like a one in 10 chance I would have noticed. Walking yeah, past I didn't it. notice it until I saw it from the side. Actually, I didn't even really notice it until I started playing it. He might I not have like, even known if he wasn't the, orig- the right. original person who had that mod done, you know? Uh, I, I just noticed that like the, uh, the uh, no, he actually said something to me like, oh, yeah, the frets are scalloped. Like oh, okay. when I was getting it. Um, but the cool thing actually uh, that made it worth driving out there is the case. He said that he paid like 125 for it. But I can't find any examples of this case. It's one of those Fender G and G cases. It's a fun case. Um, it's got the the slide locking briefcase. Yeah, it's locks the on briefcase it. locks. It's got key the keys for that. Yeah, uh, it's got the red crushed velvet interior. Yeah, um, it's the Fender G and G Deluxe case. So I actually haven't been able to find this exact model case. I found similar ones, um, and the ones I found that are all similar were all like two hundred dollars new, like two hundred to two twenty five. Well, I don't know if he got it mixed up or maybe like he got a good deal or something, uh, but it's a really nice case. I'm hoping that uh, basically I can use that to kind of like bump up the value of it. But I think I'm sitting in a pretty good spot to recoup uh, yeah. what I paid for the Godan originally. I think so. I mean, you're never going to like you kept that thing around longer than 90 days. So yeah. Like you're never going to get all your money back. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. It was uh, it was losing. It was taking up shelf space <laughs> in your retail shop situation yeah. <laughs> so that's cool yeah uh, so what's new with you Ryan? uh you you're gonna leave it here i from what i understand yeah and i'm gonna make a video of it yeah make a just so i want to like stuff talk, and i just want to talk about the scallops on it and like like talk about the guitar and cool. then you can sell it when i'm done steve all right sounds great <laughs> all right you asked me what's new with me i did ask you that uh a week or so back i stripped the paint off of that squire bullet mustang that i have and today I got the fire in my belly to do something with it. I've been spending a lot of time like trying to figure out what to do with the finish, like what to paint it with, like if I can do glitter on it easier than I normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I want to hand paint it, like paint designs on it or do, you know, funky weird stains or something. And I just kind of spent some time f- thinking about it as like, I think this guitar just wants to be naked. So I just completely reassembled it without any finish on the wood at all. It's just raw wood. The body kind of matches the headstock now, that light, uh, like squire wood that's on the, uh, like the light maple that mm-hmm. the squire uses this without like a yellow finish on it. I think it's cool. I did a video of it. I put it up on YouTube. People are already angry at me because they're like, hey, this is like the worst like refinishing video ever because <laughs> you didn't do anything. And like half the people are like, oh, take it apart and put tongue oil on it or do this and that. Yeah. Here's all my suggestions. It's like, guys, I think I kind of just want to leave it naked for a while. I like how you threw like the kill switch on that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Nice touch. I did the kill switch mod uh, because I had done it on that pink Dean a while right. back. I knew exactly how to do it. So it took me an extra 10 minutes to work that in there. And there was already a route underneath the pick guard to, ah. to accommodate it. So it was a no-brainer to just throw it in right. there real quick. Uh, yeah, I've got a big red arcade button on there as a kill switch. Go watch the video. It's fun. Uh, what are your thoughts on the raw wood thing, Steve? I think it looks fine. Like it looks really cool. I th- I think you know whenever people see raw wood, especially like a light raw wood like that, like it, I think people do. Oh, look, oh, it's gonna like hey, guitar's never gonna last. It's gonna rot away because it's not finished. But it's like it's a Squire Bullet Mustang, man. Yeah, it's a hundred and fifty dollar guitar. Like it's not wasn't gonna last that long anyway. Let's be <laughs> well, it's like 
I understand the wood's not going to hold up to sweat and stuff over time. It's going to get greasy and gross looking. That's a relic, man. Maybe I want that look. Who knows? Maybe it'll look cool. Maybe it'll just start smelling like you. Yeah, it'll it'll take on my odor. And no one will ever want to steal it. It is a little. I I have played it a little bit today. I will say that the armrest is rough against my bare skin, <laughs> so I might get sick of it at some point. And be like ah, it's time to put at least a clear coat on this. You should just put um, like some kind of uh, like sticker on the on the arm part so it's smooth yeah i like the way you think or just like tape it off and just spray that area yeah there you go (laughs) or like i i was thinking like something like uh like a cell phone like a cell phone uh protective screen Uh uh-huh but it would just it would just be right there. yeah yeah like the clear plastic that they put on acoustic there you go perfect yeah yeah like the way you think very classy yeah Right? I'm a classy guy. <laughs> I was thinking it would be fun to like do a laminate of like a drum shell material over the whole top of it and get really funky. But like the, all the stuff that I was thinking about all involved a lot of work. And I knew there was a big risk for it just turning out really crummy as my refinishing experiences tend to. Wait, you turn out something crummy? Never. Know, right. And honestly, it's like it's not good fodder for video material because if I do like a refinish with a thick clear coat because I'm doing like glitter or something like that. Yeah. It takes forever for that stuff to cure enough for me to get a polish on it. So I was like, remember that that flying V I did took me like a year and a half to get around to finishing it. That's not going to be good for YouTube content, you know? Also, I don't ever really want to do a refinish like that ever again because it's a pain in the ass. Right. So I've been trying to think of ways of like finding someone who like works a spray booth in an auto shop or something to do a... Uh, metal flake sprays for me you just got to get that tent get that tent outside build a sh- build a finishing shed outside and that's another thing is my wife is pregnant the garage is very connected to our house and anytime there's something like defuming in the garage it stinks up the whole house she's already like nauseous like a good amount of the time and i don't think she would put up with that at all her and filbert me and uh me and you made that joke earlier off mic and i i still don't understand it it's like a reference to a show or something yeah don't don't ruin it for the listeners they know they know but yeah i i would end up living outside with the guitar if it was (laughs) degassing and stinking up the whole house with fumes but i gotta say i like the look i like the feel of it i feel like uh it's giving me an experience so that i can talk in the future about the difference between a guitar that's you know got a thick candy finish on it and has like an open grain thing going on like i honestly can't say that i feel any difference in between how it is now and how it was but maybe going back and forth with another guitar i'll notice some sort of resonant difference i don't know i kind of doubt it what i get i i think something that would be maybe be a lot of stupid work it would be kind of like interesting to do would be to do um do like a straight clear like a absolutely like clear clear yeah yeah right the and thing is that like the it, it looks okay now because it's like a soft uh matte finish on there that wood is not great looking like once no you it's get not. A, once you get a clear on it it's gonna really highlight how bad it I looks. feel like that would be like kind of like put a clear and then like sh- and then like use like ultra fine sandpaper to get it as thin as possible mm, okay so it basically like you're like no it's finished. But it still looks like raw wood. Right, right. Like put a matte finish on there just to hold the grain down, I guess. Are you ready to hit this ad? Yeah, let's hit this ad. This is uh, an ad sent by uh, Josh Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. This is for the Arrow D Buzz. This this isn't one of our normal ads. This is like 
It was an article on Guitar World, article in air quotes. No, because I, it's so really I found an advertisement. It, I found for it, it on their website, and it's actually part of like a series of, that this guy like writes. I guess, huh? Um, I don't know. It it makes it look like it anyway. Um, it's called. A, they say it's a review. Yeah. It's. You know, I think if you've got an, a, a review on Guitar World, it's probably a paid advertisement. Let's be honest. Right. And right. I'm not really one to talk. I do paid demos on YouTube, but you know. This thing is just ridiculous. Anyway, so which what makes me sub- suspect is this is a uh, twenty foot guitar cable with an extra two foot. Um, what would you call it? It's like a little like silver dollar sized piece of metal that goes off of one of the sides of yeah. Uh, in the, in the, the article, they say that it is um, where'd it go? Uh, a size of a nickel. It's a brass disc. Yeah, so the size of a nickel. It's the size of a nickel. It looks bigger than that, but maybe. Um, and basically, you're supposed to tuck it into your pants. Yeah, you stick it in your pants and, and make sure it presses against your skin. I get the idea of this. I get the concept. Is that like it makes it so that the guitar is permanently grounded to your body? You know how like when you take your hands off of your guitar, it buzzes, and then you press something, you touch something metal on it, and it grounds it, and the buzz goes away. This just makes sure that, sure that buzz never happens. But like my my feeling is, do you really need to get rid of that buzz so badly when you're not touching the guitar? Like get a volume pedal, or just you know, turn down the volume on your guitar. It seems like unnecessary. But then on the other hand, I have done this exact same thing before. Really? Yeah. Do you remember way, way, way back in the day when I put a uh, a single coil? No, I put a humbucker in the sound hole of my old Honer acoustic. Yeah. So the problem with that was that there's no way to ground the strings. Right. Because the bridge is, you know. It's, it's plastic an acoustic, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's an acoustic bridge saddle on it. So... I ran uh, because I, I had I had drilled a hole and put a output jack on it for the pickup. Yeah. So it would function as an electric guitar. So I ran a wire from the output jack from the ground, uh-huh. and I would just stuff it into my pants just the way this is intended to be. Jeez. So it would be grounded so I could play it live. I'll say right now it was not comfortable because it was like a bare like copper wire yeah. like digging into my skin. Also, it made me feel real stupid. <laughs> I feel like that. And, and so that is like one of the things they say on here is like, are your acoustic instruments difficult or impossible to ground? And so, I mean, I'm sure there's practical applications for this, but. It's a problem solver for the kind of situation I just described. And like, you have a very funky yeah. instrument situation. It's a problem. And, and so for a general use, this guy's like describing, does like, do you ever take your fingers off the strings? And so the, he does talk about like, oh, when, it, you know, playing in slack tuning or playing like an open, an open chord tuning, like you have like certain times you just want like to do drone stuff. And so you're not fretting anything, but the rest of the time, like one of those, one of the things that in this like quote article is like, oh, I'm playing my jazz bass. I'm like, I'm always touching. I'm never yeah. not touching the strings on bass. And it's like, if you, if you need to not be touching the strings and a, like a note is ringing out that note is going to be overtaking that buzz by leaps and bounds like no one is going to hear that buzz 
And if it's an issue of like you just want to stand there without touching your bass and be quiet, like seriously, learn to use your volume knob. Yeah. Some of it's kind of weird. Like the product itself, I guess, is like 50 bucks, which I'm like, well, if you're really having that big of a problem with buzz, why don't you just use that 50 bucks to pay a tech to figure out what's wrong with your guitar? <laughs> I, I mean, mean, hello. I, I, I think if there was a, this is, I'm going to backtrack and say that this is a problem solver for those funky kinds of instruments that, you know, someone's converted an acoustic to have an electric pickup. Right. And there was no way to ground it. This solves this solves the problem. But the problem with the ad copy that I was reading for it is that it pushes it as like, you need this for all your instruments. Like here's all the situations where you need this. And they were just so thin. Yep. And so like no one is actually using their instrument in that way. Like in the studio, do you fight to record a quiet track? Um that's what that's what editing's for, dude. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're playing, that buzz is not coming through unless you have like a really funky instrument situation. Like, I don't know, man. And if 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 you really need to have an open droning string, you can touch other places on your guitar to ground it. You can touch the bridge where the string isn't. Not if you, your guitar's made out of wood. You can touch the string on the other side of the uh of the nut. Yeah. I mean, you can ground it, you can touch a tuner. You can ground it by touching other surfaces. You don't have to be like, oh, there's no way to ground it now that I'm letting a, a string ring out. It's just, it's a dumb concept, but it's a problem-solving product. And one day we're going to have to recommend it to someone who's asking us, like, what do I do about this weird guitar? I put uh, pick up an acoustic guitar. I can't ground it. ROD buzz, man. Yeah. You can also, like I was saying, solve the problem with a 10 cents, like a 10 cent piece of like wire. Yeah running from your output jack and you just shove that in your pants too. <laughs> like you can make, sounds like you just want to shove stuff in your pants. You can make this so cheap out of any cable that's got a uh, like a sleeve that you can pull back and access the wiring on it, you know. Yeah. You don't even have to do that. You can you can tape uh, a piece of cable to the grounding sleeve on another cable and shove it in your pants. Take this cable and shove it in your pants. I mean it, if I was you know what, Steve? If I was going to shove a cable in my pants, I'd make sure it was from Sinusoid. Because they make a damn sexy cable. That's what I'm saying. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this first topic was sent uh, to us by Alex Booth. Uh, he wants to know about version one pedals uh, and whether or not it's worth it to buy them when they're on closeout. I think someone on the group this past week bought some JHS pedals that were version ones that were on clearance. Yeah. So the, uh, the emperor and, um, Oh yeah. The, uh, the, the unicorn. Yeah. I think there was one other. And then a few months ago, uh, the kilt version one uh-huh. was, uh, was, uh, cleared out and walrus audio as well. Like I think at the end of last year, they were clearing uh, out the iron, cleared horse. out the, yeah, the iron horse. Um, and then, they were, it was the Iron Horse, the Mesner, the uh, Contraband, and something else, all with the speculation that they were they were being the Plainsmen, uh-huh. um, all with the speculation that they were being cleared out to make room for version twos. Th- those ones, aside from the Iron Horse, I don't know at the time if any of those were confirmed. It's all, but anytime like a company is like clearing out version one of something, it's just assumed that's because version two is coming, and also like. Up until that moment, you didn't know it was version one. You thought it was just the pedal. 
Right. Like, oh, we're getting rid of version one. So you're saying there's a version two. Yeah. So in the case <laughs> of uh, in the case of the JHS stuff, I don't know if there's a version two out. I haven't seen it. Um, well, a lot of their version two stuff. Or like newer versions, because some are on their version three and four. Right. It's like you know exactly what they're doing because they're doing it to their whole line. They're adding those extra switches on the side. They're act, adding a, a jack for their extra little control thing. Um, I think they have soft switches now where older versions didn't have soft switches. So you know like where that stuff is heading. You know like what it's going to be equipped with unless they do something really weird. Okay, so the Unicorn and uh, Emperor 2s... Uh, are both uh, single size pedals right? Where before so they, they were it down, wide so that's kind of like what they did with the with the kilt. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any problem with this? Like companies releasing version twos? No, I think um, I think especially in like this kind of case, like going going to the compact style is what a lot of people want. So they're really just giving them that. I do think in some cases, you know, um, whether or not they're they're worth it, it depends on how much space you have on your board, how much space you need. And it depends on, do you um, want it? Well, yeah, whether you want it, do you, do you need that pedal? Like if you, if you think that the version one is something that you need and you want, um, I mean, let's tackle it from this angle. I know a lot of times on this show and in our online community, uh, we're big into, you know, the concept of flipping gear and, right. you know, the resale value as part of, you know, the attractiveness of people for certain yeah, reasons. Yeah, so, so, so like, I, what about like, just consider you're buying something because you actually want to use it, and who knows, you might want to use it forever. Like, does it matter if like the version two is going to come out and and pummel the value of what you already bought or something like that? Well, I think in, I think there there are different different angles here. Uh, the Kilt V one I think is still retaining value because it's a different and it has it's a, like such a drastically different design it has a boost in it. it has the well that's that's what i mean it has the boost whereas um the uh version 2 has the jhs red remote um set up but it's you know it's depending on how you're set up like that might be too like not convenient and i'm sure, not sure. sure if it actually activates a boost i think it just switches modes um yeah, in my, the pedal i didn't look at it too closely so I think there are times where a company might be offering something, but re- they remove a feature in version two that people want and uh, that people wanted. Uh, I guess another like semi example of it is of this is uh, with boss. Um, the DD three DD five and DD seven values have all been pretty stable for a really long time. Uh-huh. The DD six value crashed out. Like oh it really? Plummeted. Uh, I think the DD five and I think both the well the DD six is the one that I have and it doesn't have external tap. Right. So I think the DD three and the DD five both go for more money than the DD six. Right. Even though they would have all been like originally right around the same price, because people want that external tap. Yeah. On on a pedal like that, so there's you know there well, are the DD three doesn't have any tap. Right. But it, that's okay because it's it's, it's got that the DD three ma- overall is just is kind of a different beast. Well, the DD three has that tone magic. Oh, just that sounds tone magic good. It sounds really good. I got two of them. I like them. You have two DD threes. Yep. Nice. <laughs> One of them is kind of broken, but I I still use it. Yeah. Um. So I think that's kind of that's kind of like that idea as far as flipping goes. I think if you're just looking for something, 
Um, that's where you can go to get some like really good deals on getting something new because a lot of times when the version ones get cleared out, they're being sold for like less than what they were going for on the used market. Right, right. So like you said, like if that was something you really wanted, then, you know, strike while the iron is hot, basically. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times when this stuff goes on on like mega clearance from the manufacturer because they're trying to clear it out, it you can flip it still. It'll it'll go yeah. back on the used market for more than they were clearing it out. They're just trying to clear inventory and have fresh inventory with their new stuff. Like there's people out there, uh, you know, reflipping all sorts of stuff that was on clearance not long ago. Yeah. Um, so it is a big gamble. You don't know what the value of these things are going to be, but I'd say I, I think it is worth bu- buying version ones, especially if it's a well-proven product that people like. I mean, they're coming out with a version two of a lot of this stuff because people did like it and they want to update it and make it so people like it even more. So maybe the first version has uh, some merit to it and you want to explore that. Uh, you just have to ask yourself if you're the type of person who's going to be bummed out knowing that out there there's a newer version that has maybe slightly different features or something yeah. like that. Uh, I'd say that I really like my version 2 Iron Horse, and uh, I know that the version 2 fixed some volume issues from the version 1. Right. And I'll say that I'm glad I have the version 2. So I probably would not buy a version 1 if my version 2... Uh, went kaput on me even if i could save some money i'd buy another version too Mm. cool yeah ready to do some housekeeping yeah let's do some housekeeping man we had a a, well you guys listeners uh kind of went to town the last couple weeks i guess um to the extent where like this all happened during literally the busiest like three or four weeks of work that i've had (laughs) in years you've been slammed dude um i can't believe how hard you're working yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's it's I don't want to say it's fun, um, <laughs> but it's what it is. So uh, it feels good, I guess. Is this like the new normal for you, or is there an end to this eventually? Um, it's just really busy right now. Well, I, so I just wrapped up a project. I had a I had like a project that were we were in our last stretch, and it's a project I've been working on for like a year and a half. Okay. Uh, so basically, when we hit our final stretch, I was like, I'm gonna make sure this is done. And if it breaks, like I'm going to break it. Um, <laughs> like as far as that process goes, like if it's going to fail, like I wasn't going to let somebody else screw it up. So I worked, um, I had a stretch where I worked nine days. I took two days off and that's when we did the, the, the case, the case stuff. And then I worked eight straight days after that. So, um, and then I had like a regular weekend and then this week happened and this week was like, the thing is, is like the hours really haven't been like too crazy, like eight, nine hour days, but it, they've been really like intense while I'm there. So like today technically was like a nine and a half, 10 hour. I think I was at work for 10 hours. So you take out lunch, it's a nine and a half hour day, but I didn't go on my computer at work today. Like I was in the lab when I wasn't in the lab, it was because I was eating lunch or like using the bathroom. And that was the only time, like, I wasn't, like, doing, like, science-y stuff. That <laughs> You've just been full-time science. Involved, like, you know, working with equipment or, like, right, right. doing math on the fly because you don't have enough of what you need. So you need to know. If, you, don't ha- you don't have enough of what you think you need. So you have to see if you can get by with what you actually have. All right. Well, anyway. Housekeeping. Yeah. Stop talking about your job. So, the $1 level. It's my fault for, for The $1 level, our it. favorite level. 
Uh, we got Scott Hicks, Zach Cyphers, and David Luna. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I I want it to be a goal of ours to get as many $1 pledgers as we can this year. I know there's not really much of a reward to that other than you get the sense of satisfaction that you are helping the show out and helping us make content. I just bought tickets to go to um, uh, Sweetwater's Gear Fest, and people who contribute through the Patreon and through the crowdfunding make that possible. That sort of thing I would not be able to do on my own dime. So big thanks to everyone, no matter what they donate. Yeah. Um, at the $5 level, we got someone who came in through Podbean. Uh, I think their name might be JD, but I don't really know. Because hey, JD. I need to actually email them and be like, hey, guy. <laughs> yeah, or girl. <laughs> Person. <laughs> Yeah, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, and then we got a couple of people at the $10 level, which is our inner circle level. We got Emily Harris, who was uh, the person who set up the GoFundMe for yeah. Smash Guitars for Children. Which hit us gold, by the way. We hit $1,000 yeah. for that. And we still Super have cool. more smashing to do. I know. Uh, on the day that this episode airs, I should be receiving in the mail a replacement Epiphone SL neck. From a listener nice. who very generously donated it. We just paid the shipping for it. Apparently, it's twisted, um, so it's not usable. But it's intact. Yeah, so. it's usable for us, for yep. our purposes. So I think, I don't, I haven't talked to Emily about it, but I think we're going to keep that contest running as, as until the guitar is completely unplayable. Yeah, until and I think, uh, you know, the GoFundMe is like considered fully funded at $1,000, but I'm pretty sure you can, you can keep, keep going. going. Yeah, like let's get more money for the kids. Why not? Uh, so super stoked to have her in the inner circle. It was a big party when we added her into the group and was like, yay, Emily's here. Yeah. Cause she's been a, uh, a pretty consistent, like contributor to the Facebook group for a while yeah. now. And then, uh, we got Nate, uh, Nagel who also, uh, joined actually also in the last week, the inner circle. Yeah. I think he was same day as Emily. <laughs> he had like two inner circle joins yeah. the same day. So, uh, thanks a lot. Everybody who supports the show, uh, financially, or otherwise, um, if you want to find out more about that, uh, head on over to Patreon and look for 60 Cycle Hum. Yeah. Give money to the podcast one, not the YouTube one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next ad? Yeah, this next ad was found by Ryan Burke. He's That's a, me. He's a podcast producer in, in uh, San Diego, California. Am I a producer or a personality? I guess I'm kind of both. Huh? Porque, yeah, por qué no los dos. <laughs> uh, so this, this is, I mean, speaking of like like guitar finishes and refinishes and artwork on guitars, I didn't do any like dumb art on my Mustang, but someone did dumb art on this guitar. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so this says M I J. This is the 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 title M I J Japanimation themed guitar 1980s vintage one of. One of what? I don't know. One one of six thousand that were made. Yeah, here's something. Uh, here's something different. A rock and roll theme guitar by Apex, preserved, updated, and unique in tone. We have a nice modified and updated Strat style body with a Gibson like neck. I reused the original single coils and the bridge humbucking pickup. I installed new audio taper pots. Wiring, output jack, five-way switch, some other garbage that I don't care about. <laughs> this guitar has its own unique sound. The OEM pickups sound great. I'm hearing gold foil tone with the dirtier top end. What? I don't know, man. Uh, basically, you guys are going to have to look at the pictures of this thing. Yeah, it's crazy looking. This looks like it's uh, taken 
off of a screen grab of Street Fighter from like 1995. Um, it's got like a picture of this like kind of anime style dude, like blonde hair, like sweatband on his forehead, serious look, tie dye shirt, like crazy pattern pants, and he's holding a guitar. He's a, a picture of a man on a guitar uh, who's playing guitar. It's a picture of a man playing guitar on a guitar. Hey, I you wanna... like? Hey, you like guitar? You want guitar on your guitar? Or there's guitar on this guitar. Oh, I don't understand why. Um... And then in two places, in really like awful like Windows ninety eight like word processor text, right, it says right. rock and roll <laughs> with a really terrible like rainbow burst going on behind this guy. It never stops. This guitar keeps giving. Like the longer yeah, you look yeah. at it, there's more I, details. Here's what I want to know: If this was a custom finish, why wouldn't you custom finish? The guitar that the guy is playing to be the same guitar that yeah, you're playing. Yeah, and have it like 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 keep going in and in like the same image on the guitar all the way in. The uh the guitar that he is playing looks like one of those uh Minaric flame guitars. Uh which is to say the guitar that he's playing It's hard to tell because the guitar is obscured by the bridge of, yeah, this, of but the uh, actual I, guitar. I think the guitar that he is playing might look cooler than the guitar guitar that he's featured on. I I bet it does. If I could see the guitar better, I would be able to be a better judge of that. But it looks pretty awful. Is there writing on the headstock of the guitar in the guitar? Um, oh, I think it's like is, a Rastafari but... lightning bolt or something. Oh. It's like green and red and, and yellow. It's hard to tell what that is. I think it's just supposed to be fire. I think it's a flame. It's like, but oh, there's not flame anywhere else. I'm saying the guitar body itself is a giant, like mineric flame style body. No, I'm talking about the, the, there's like an inlay on. Yeah, I'm saying that's a flame. Okay. It's orange and yellow. Oh, I see what you're saying on the guitar body. And then, so you're saying it's an inlay of the flame on the the painted guitar that's on the guitar. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's that's an inlay. So the guy on the guitar too has like hippie details going on. He's got like a yin yang on his shirt. Like, what do you call that shirt? It's like a, like a like a mid eastern. It's confused. That's what it is. Uh, like Hindu sort of like like ocean beach version of Middle Eastern religion sort of thing going on here. Uh, it's just, the whole thing's just awful, and it looks like there's damage on the lower horn. Yeah, it's a big turn off. Yeah, that's the part that's going to make it so that I don't want to buy this guitar for $180. Like, what would, Steve, what would you offer for this guitar? I know you're just like ready to go get it tonight. $75? You would pay $75 for this guitar? If I was actually interested in it. Why would you be interested in this, Steve? I'm not. What's I'm wrong saying with you? if. Um, you know who might be interested in this guitar? Brian Gower from the Tone Jerks. Oh my gosh, you think so? That guy loves everything anime. I didn't know that about him. I listened to their show a while back, and I thought it was good. Good yeah, show. Tone, yeah. Tone Jerks podcast. I keep saying I'm going to like go over there and hang out with this guy. You but should. Like, I've been really busy. You have been busy. It's kind of hard to be like, hey, Melissa, I'm going to go record two podcasts this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this thing is just awful. There's nothing redeeming about it. And when it said Gibson-style neck on it, it means a Jackson-style neck. There's nothing Gibson about this. Uh, go look at the pictures. Maybe they meant like the I the, wouldn't the neck shape. I'm gonna say, oh, I'm sure it's like a 12 inch radius or even like a 14 inch radius or something like that. I'm gonna say I wouldn't pay 35 dollars for this. Dang. Even if I wanted it. 
Like if I was looking at like, oh, I can part that out, I still wouldn't pay $35. Even if it. you picked it up and you're like, ah, this is like a $400 playability level guitar, you wouldn't go higher than 35 Did Apex make anything good? I've never even, I can't even find any indication that that's actually the brand of this guitar. Yeah. If if I picked it up and I knew that I knew that it was a secret like like good guitar that someone had defiled, right? Then I would still try to lowball the hell out of this to see how low I could get it. Like, yeah, this isn't really anything. I'll pay you if I knew that it was like, oh, this is like a secret, you know, like Jackson guitar that is limited edition and they go for eight hundred dollars. I'd still be like, well, I, I best I can do is fifty. You know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do we want to uh, jump into the next topic? Now? Yeah, yeah. Did you get a screen grab of it? I did. You want me to, to show it to you? Or you can just read it. All right, I'll read it. It's from Kyle Smith. It was in our little post on the Facebook group where we asked for topics. Projects that are worth it in your experience. I have tons of ideas, but usually less time than I can spend on it. Maybe take inventory of past mods you've done that were worth it and maybe some ways to sort that out. Have you ever done... Mini mods, Steve. I'm trying to remember to, if you like done guitars. Yeah, yeah. I think you just while. generally like like repair things and fix things. Yeah, I've done try some to bring like back to some pickup swaps and um. But usually, if I'm like buying stuff, it's just kind of a flipperoo and like like I said, maybe like a like a pickup change out, but nothing too drastic. Has there ever been anything you did and you're you're just like, man, I'm never gonna do that again? Um, because I got I got a laundry list. You know that I do bad things to guitars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> offhand, I can't. I probably have something somewhere. I know the one thing that I I wish I sometimes think I should do on to every guitar is on when I had the uh, Fender Jazz V, that American one. I had uh-huh. uh, a thumb rest installed. Oh yeah. Uh perpendicular to the perpendicular and touching. It like Tetris. Uh yeah, with the a uh the bridge pickup. It so it was kind of like in between the bridge and middle pickup. And I really liked that. Um I haven't needed that on like the Yamaha base that I have because the pickups are like a humbucker style. So they're a little wider. Um they're like anyway. Um but I really like that mod. I think if I ever got like another jazz bass or like a PJ setup, I would definitely consider uh, doing that uh, to that again. But as far as things that like I've done where I was like, why did I do that? Can't think of anything. Well, you're a better man than I am, Steve, because I've got a lot of mistakes in my past. Uh, I'll say that I've done, have I done three glitters now? Um, I have the strat. The, the I have strat, the, v. the V. I guess I've only done two. Yeah, you regret them both. Uh, while I was doing them, I definitely regretted them, and I would beg people like, if I ever think about doing this again, just stop me. <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons why I didn't progress with the uh, the Mustang doing right. more funky stuff with it. Uh, just refinishing is a pain in the butt, especially if you don't have like industrial tools to do it, and you don't have you know, like a proper workspace to do it. And you're just kind of fudging your way through. Yeah. Um, I'm always like way too impatient and I try to sand it before it's set all the way and it just gets gummy. And then I have to wait again uh, for it to firm up so I can sand away everything that I ruined on it. And like just hauling the guitar in and out of the house, like spraying it outside. So it doesn't fume up 
the the garage in the house but then it still fumes up the house when it's you know curing in the garage or whatever i just i don't think i ever really want to do that again if i can avoid it maybe someday i'll have a crazy idea and i just need to do it but man it is a pain in the butt and people who can do it well at home in like a timely way that doesn't like completely aggravate their family, like more power to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like other things I've done. Now, here's one that I want to know if it made the list. Okay. Chopping up a strap pick guard so you could get the pickup just in the right position. That I considered a success. I still consider that a success. Uh, with my Mexican strat, I had some funky ideas. I wanted to experiment with moving the bridge pickup around like underneath the strings, I wanted to move it farther towards the middle pickup. And so I cut the pick guard into literally like four or five pieces. Yeah. So I could just move stuff around as, and I wanted, and it had kind of like a Van Halen Frankenstein sort of guitar thing going on. We're like, there's big open like control cavities here. Yeah, and there I, and stuff. It, It's kind of like the Van Halen Frankenstein thing. If you had seen that guitar, like the Van Halen Frankenstein guitar, if you saw a picture of it in a triple copied through a black and white Xerox machine <laughs> photo. Yeah, yeah. In like, a newspaper. It was, it was definitely um definitely pretty mutated looking. Not attractive at all, not easy on the eyes. But it, I think it was a success as far as experimenting, because I found that I really did like the sound of the pickup moved about an inch away from the bridge right from where it would normally be it like warmed it up it it pulled back some of those ice pick highs you get from strat bridges made it a little bit meatier uh, i don't have my strat set up that way now but i i really wouldn't mind going back to that kind of setup i eventually cut a pick guard that looked you know official that had that kind of spacing on it it just doesn't have a middle position uh, right. pickup slot in it and i'm using a traditional strat setup right now also like being a demo guy it's tough because i can't have stuff that's too weird because then i can't use it in demos because people will be like well how does that even relate to my experience with what guitars sound like mm-hmm. you know so it's nice to have a more traditionally sounding strat around so what's uh what's another thing that you would have put on well the thing something that i'd want to like go back in time and dissuade myself from doing like talk to teenage drawing and be like, you don't really need to do this is when I got my first electric guitar, I got deep into exploring like different modifications pretty early on. Uh I think like after having it like a month or two, I completely took the whole guitar apart and then put it all back together just to see like where all the parts were and what they all did and how it worked and at the end you had like three screws left over (laughs) well at the end the soldering was definitely way worse inside (laughs) but uh my the thing i ended up working through with that guitar is i ended up doing you know like coil splits on each humbucker in it and like a switch to engage the bridge and the neck at the same time and then i was experimenting with like like making the pickups out of phase and things like that. And at the end, when I sold that guitar off, it was just Swiss cheese. Yeah. There were so many holes in it. It, and it was a fun experiment. Uh, but I think my mentality when I was a young guitarist is like, I want a guitar that does everything and can do everything and has all the switches, like a million switches, a million knobs. 
I, I just, you know, go back and encourage myself to be like, hey, maybe do one mod to this guitar, then go get another guitar and do a different mod to that one and experiment that way instead of like just Swiss cheesing one guitar over <laughs> and over and over again. I guess if I was going to experiment, it's good I did it to one guitar like that instead yeah. of screwing up a bunch of them. I mean, them. you always could have gone back through with like wood filler and just filled yeah, all the holes. Yeah, but then I feel like it would have been better for me to experience more guitars and you know like have a guitar that i'm not wasn't constantly like well now i have to reverse this and try a different thing like do a mod and then leave it but then on the other side i'm like hey explore stuff kids yeah like go have fun trying to think of other dumb stuff i've done on that guitar i was when i had a floyd rose on it Uh and i was trying to tighten down uh, the little grip on the string as hard as I could, and I ended up cracking the little metal block that presses nice. the string. That's a mistake I made. Um, <laughs> and then I did a really dumb thing, and it was a super cheap guitar. It was a Slamer, a right. Slamer series. I went and paid the local guitar shop to install a new Floyd Rose into it because they claimed that you couldn't find that replacement part, the mm-hmm. part that I broke. So that was a big mistake. I would go back and be like, Ryan, just trash this guitar. <laughs> or like, go get a new guitar and leave this. Do you still have that guitar? No, I sold it off a long time ago. Um, man, I'm trying to think of some of my d- other dumb experience, experiments. There was a guitar that I was trying to refinish and I just got so much paint on it. Every time, I think I'm going to circle back to refinishing. Like, it's never been a good idea for me. Like, sometimes the results are fun. But the the journey is just a massive headache. Like I'm thinking about this right. new guitar I got from a friend years and years ago, and I stripped it all the way down, and then I was trying to do a fun finish on it with spray spray paint, and it just ended up being like an inch thick and ugly and drippy. Was that the yellow one? Gu- yeah, yeah, it was a rogue. That thing was gross. It was really gross. It was really bad. Uh, yeah, every time. Anytime I'm I'm approaching a guitar with a can of spray paint, someone stop me. That's what I'm no, saying. No, Ryan, don't. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else I ever did. Every time I've reamed out tuner holes, it's been a mistake. <laughs> How many times have you done that? A couple times. One time you filmed it and put it on YouTube. Yeah, and now everyone's that was, like, that was definitely a mistake to film myself. Don't go to that guy's YouTube. He doesn't even... Re- know how to drill a hole he I doesn't even like, he doesn't even own a drill press by by this point i feel like most most people should understand that uh when i'm doing repairs and modifications on our youtube channel this is not a tutorial this is a uh this is me leaving a record of the bad things i've done yeah <laughs> all these people are freaking out and you're over here just like but did you die yeah did you die <laughs> Listen, this isn't me teaching you how to do something. This is me showing you a person making mistakes. This is like a journal, as far as I'm concerned. It's documentation of uh, bad decisions. All right, do we want to tackle the last ad? And no, get out we want to thank our sponsors. Oh, yeah, we've been wanting to thank our sponsors before we get to that last ad, so you guys stick around and listen. Yeah, uh, so thanks, Gun Street Wiring Shop. You get something set up with you and Ryan. Yeah, I need to get. Uh, they they offered like, hey, we heard you say that you might want to get something for your SG. Uh, so they're like, hey, pick something. Let us know. Let's let's work something out. So I think I'm going to get a harness from them. I just need to pick one, and I'll do a video of installing it and show that it doesn't turn me into a swear machine. 
because I hate rewiring my SG. And big thanks to Sinusoid. I, again, go check out TechFlex. I got to say it weird like that. Otherwise, I end up saying TechFlex. Yeah, it's Technical Flex, Steve. Is it Technical Flex or is it Technician Flex? It's TechBooks Flex. Technology Flex. Technology Flex. Technology Flex. Yeah, I like that. Flex right. your technology. Get some uh, Tech Flex so on, on your there. Sinusoid cable. Yeah, check out their their cable color options, their tech flex options. If you see sinusoid cables, the only cable so sexy, you'll want to put it in your pants. Dot com. <laughs> All right. This last uh, ad was sent by Paul Bennington. It's called electric guitar. Hello, selling a guitar I built from an old fender and turned into something more unique. Guitar needs to be wired the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> He definitely turned it into something more unique. Do you do you want to try to describe it? Okay, take a moment, guys, before we start to describe it. Go pull up the picture on the uh, the imager in the the show notes and take a look at this thing. This is a a disaster. This is really bad. Hold on. Um. He. I don't think there's pictures of it like with a bridge or anything either. Like it's just almost wired up. Hey Ryan, can you hold that, hold that picture up real fast? Okay. Let's see if it will go vertical. All right. Ask me that question you asked me. Steve, can you describe this guitar? Is that the question? (laughs) Steve is making a face into his Instagram camera. All right, it's yeah, pretty bad. Uh, it's got some trapezoids, and it's like it's it has like, a lot of sharp edges. You know, I used that description of of like the Frankenstein thing and like copies of copies of copies, but you only saw it once. Are you saying that the guitar I did is better than this? Yeah, because this is like an ex- the same idea, but if it was an explorer shape, it almost has the. Uh, the St. Vincent thing going on in a couple of the angles, but not really at all way uglier and way worse than the St. Vincent Ernie ball. Um, like imagine you've got a strat and then you cut off the top horn at a 45 degree angle from the neck back towards your body. Uh And then you do another 45 angle degree cut in down from that, top edge of the guitar down into the pick guard. This cuts into the pick guard and there's like a V shape resting in between the two, in between the bridge and middle pickup. And then it shoots back up, giving you like almost an Explorer style tail, really hard angle cut there. There's a sharp edge there, like a flat edge going along the butt of the guitar. And then the finishing move on this guitar, the finishing move, another angled cut meeting the back edge of the control side of the pickguard where the last tone knob is that is so drastic that it cuts the, the route for the output jack of the Stratocaster in half. Yeah. And so this person has remounted the bullet shaped Stratocaster jack onto this and it's hanging halfway off the guitar body. Oh, also this thing looks like it was finger painted with like red and purple and gray paint. And the pit guard was painted at some point and then sanded, I think. This is a total disaster. 
Um, is there can we is there a headstock shot on this thing? There is on the second photo. It does look like it's a fender. Um yeah. So oh, gosh. The neck is pretty tore up. But I was gonna ask you that question. Would you pay fifty dollars for this? And it's a fifty dollar neck with some pickups. Yeah. Yeah, I would And it's got tuners on it. I think the pickups are they look like they're probably garbage. Uh, obviously, the pit guard is mangled. I guess you get some knobs. I love that in this picture, you can see the piece of wood and sawdust yeah. on the ground. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> great. <laughs> it's like, look, I did it. Look what I did. Here's the picture. Here's the evidence. I did a thing. Um, oh, but the gosh, neck, why? the neck is, like you said, it definitely looks like a fender uh, neck. It might be a squire neck because it does have the double string tree. But... Um, Fender has used the double string tree on their own guitars. The neck itself actually looks like it's it's dirty. It's very worn, uh, but it it looks like it could be like a super functional neck. I would think I would pay fifty dollars just to try to get the neck, and then just I don't know. I might take like everything else and repackage it as like oh pickups and some electronics. Uh, here you go, do the thing. And just see what happens. Well, here's something that I'm wondering. Is that the thing that's making you wonder if it is a fender neck Mm -hmm. is that it's got a flat edge where it meets the body on the fretboard where straps have a more rounded edge and and Telecasters have... The flat edge. So you're saying you don't think that this is actually a fender neck? I don't think it is. Hmm. I don't think no, look at look at that headstock bulb. It's a little off, but I couldn't tell if that I don't was think like that's a fender an angling thing or what. This is some like junk like other guitar. And the headstock looks like it was soaked in a swamp or something. Yeah. This is a bad, bad guitar. All right. $50 is a, still a gamble, in my opinion, because you don't know what this neck is. The, I don't see a fender marking on it when I zoom in. I don't see a squire marking. Uh, things about it look off to me. Uh, this is... I wouldn't pay money for this. I would take it off someone's hands. You would request money to take this? No, if someone said, hey, do you want this? I'd be like, yeah, let me take a look at it. I'll take it home and figure out what I can do with this. All right. But I wouldn't pay money for this. All right. I think. Oh, it's just so hard to look I, at. I, I think I I would maybe request more pictures. <laughs> you want to look at more pictures of this? I want to see less pictures of this guitar. I just want to see the front and back of that headstock. Okay, that's it. All right. Uh, you tell us about the song, Steve. Yeah, this week's song was sent to us by I, Isaiah Dominguez. We met Isaiah up at Nam this year. He came out with uh, Albi. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, he says, uh, my friend Casey Bates recently won a Grammy for his work on the most recent Portugal The Man album. This is a song that I recorded with him years before he did that. I was so (laughs) close, except not close at all. And then he says something about a band called This Providence I've never heard of. um, And something about uh, Gavin Phillips. I don't know. I don't know, man. I guess Gavin Phillips played on this song, but I have no idea who the band This Providence is. So I guess that's that. Uh, he says, um, the, uh, he says, I'll leave it up to the listeners to decide which guitar tones came from my top hat, super deluxe 33. Uh, though my parts caster that is no longer with us, rest in peace, pouring out for the homie 
And which tones came from a Kemper? Also through my parts caster. Rest in peace. Pour one out for the homie. Uh, this song is called No Matter Where by Isaiah Dominguez.com. All right. Enjoy it. Bye. Later. Things. We'll see things that they can't believe.